0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You're listening to the True Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Woodring, and I'm joined, delighted to be joined by Mr. Michael Carling. How are you doing, Michael? Um,
2: rough, but full of beans because of that magnificent performance yesterday.
1: It's been some weekend and uh, me and Mickey, have, uh, we've lived it up um, and we've had a, we've had a, a wonderful time. Um, but just before we get into things, this episode is sponsored by FansBet, a unique betting company who gives 50% of all your losses to your um, designated fan cause. And also of course by, most importantly by our, our very own patrons who pay um, somewhere between six or seven pounds a month for lots and lots of juicy NuFC content, um, lots of exclusive um, shows for them, including the match day, which is absolutely not to be missed this uh, <laughs> this week with uh, with Norman catching all the goals. Um, it's definitely one to to, to to listen to. So if you want, if you if you if you like what we do, if you like what we hear, please get in. Uh, you know, sign up to our patron and give it a try we've got loads of class content coming over the summer as well so you will not be without um your true faith fix so please do stay with us um so let's let's crack on um craven cottage a sunny sunny day um on the 12th of may um the banks of the thames four 0 mickey <laughs> it was an amazing performance an atmosphere just for me it was just like just Perfect away trip, absolute perfect away trip. Why is it that Newcastle love the final day of the season so much?
2: Who knows, mate? Like there's, there's just something in the fucking blood of isn't there? The last day of the season, we seem to just go off like a rocket. Um, so this is like the fourth, fourth year in a row. A row? I think so, yeah. And it, it's quite, it's quite remarkable that like
1: we almost had, in in football in terms, we almost had like nothing to play for, a bit of a dead rubber. Fulham already down. We were I mean what, playing for thirteenth place? I mean mm-hmm. what but you know, with with the stakes relatively so low, that that was po- that was possibly one of our most comprehensive performances of, of the entire campaign. It was just was it just a simply was it simply because um, you know, the, the the pressure was off, or was it a case of if you know, with the Rafa contract situation, is this just a case of his Rafa's players believing in him and and playing the hearts out for him?
2: Yeah, I definitely think there's something in that. So the, you know the the stars all aligned for it yesterday. The the individual performances across the whole team were outstanding, which obviously we'll come to later. But I, I think I think you're right there. I think a lot of those lads and the manager will have thought, I want to go out with a fucking bang today. Um, if it does happen to be Rafa's last game, if it's like Ronald's last game, if it's Perez's last game, if it's Shelby's last game, you could see all of them wanted to really wanted to put in a performance, and they all fucking did. Um. Now we're all, obviously we're, we're all fucking pray that it's, it's not Rafa's last game but it felt like that for me yesterday not to be too negative about it it felt like everyone wanted to send them off properly I don't know if you thought that no I,
1: I, I sort of didn't get that impression I mean I think it's a we're going to be reading and, and, and it's talking a lot about this surely over the next sort of week and a half I believe that when Rafa was asked, he'd sort of known from this weekend. He'd he known in ten days' time. So it's it, Mike Ashley reportedly went into the dressing room as well and spoke to the players. Um, not sure what's happening with that cancelled Las Vegas trip. Mike. <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably not going to go down too well. <laughs> Is Jamal Lassell going to organise another <laughs> another <laughs> mutiny? Um, but yeah, I mean, um, there's a, just a huge question mark hanging over. But I mean, in terms of that, in terms of that game, I, I just couldn't I couldn't have asked for much more um nah. the, the, the the atmosphere again like the the traveling Geordie fans like I mean we, you know, we've you seen it's seen it written a few times but it's like what, what if we actually won something we're, c- we're celebrating 13th position against an already relegated side knowing that our manager might our world-class manager that pulls everything together might be one foot out the door like how ha- how how does this how does the Jodie fan base retain that that faith and, and passion
2: well it's it's fucking magnificent isn't it the, the away support yesterday and we were a little bit nervous about what the away end was going to be like um on the way down but that that fear was misplaced um the away end was fucking brilliant the whole game it was non-stop singing second half Got loads of the older songs back out which probably, I are really probably greatest hits, is not yeah. it? It's fantastic. People sing about Andy Cole. I often gets forgotten about Andy Cole by Newcastle fans, so you never really get sung about. So when I heard that, I was I was just like, get in, lads. And it was it was 90 minutes of non-stop singing, plus half time, outside on the way back, on the way into the grounds. It was like it was just fucking brilliant. And you're right, Adam, like imagine what it would be like if it were just good. Like this is us when we're terrible and we're still took the whole allocation, all the whole of the neutral bit. I bet there was other two fans started around. Fifteen hundred of them got on a boat to get to the match. <laughs> fair
1: like, play. I mean, we saw some of the footage, and there's like there's smoke flares going off. Like they cl- those boats were definitely oversubscribed. Oh, like, they I, were, I, they I were, were packed in like sardines, but very drunken sardines. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone looked like they were having an absolutely class time. So, so fair play for um, you know for the lads who sorted that out and uh, you know made national got national coverage so yeah, like they've, yeah. done a,
2: they've done a really good job of it to refer them um but i just just to like really drive home the point that that away end was the the best it could possibly be and that's what this club is and that's what we're about and we're one step away from from it going either really fucking well or really fucking badly and you just hope that the right decision's made this made absolutely
1: i totally agree with you and you, you kind of look at you kind of look at the fan base, and you look at the you know the the last two games of the season. You know that, that very unfortunate defeat against Liverpool, when I, I believe a two two was probably the, the fairer result, and absolutely smashing uh, Fulham in an away performance on the last game of the season in a dead rubber. You know, you saw the big flag display, uh, what the War Flags did with the huge Gallagher surfer, and you saw the, the you know the strength of the support yesterday. You just, were just. I think as fans we're, we're given the best account that we can of ourselves we'll be in the' be in the very best that we can be that's going to appeal to to anyone who might even have a, a you know a half inkling of possibly putting a bid in for the for, to buying the club away from away from Mike Ashley um but you know what like that that, that performance
2: was just like near complete I mean I, 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 I well, yesterday a, yesterday was one of the days where you feel really proud to be from Newcastle oh, to, to be part of, part of totally,
1: that. totally totally yeah uh, it's, it's funny uh, Mickey as well you were mentioning like you know singing on the way to the ground and the way out of the ground and all the way through the match and stuff like that there was some singing on the tube as well wasn't
2: there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a london tradition
1: <laughs> mickey <laughs> tell them what you were doing on the tube and this is the night before as well at I approximately 2am
2: i did the full Amiobi on the tube
1: <laughs> You have to do the army on
2: the tube when you go to London. It's
1: it's the rules. I, I did get some video evidence of this. Uh, I, I can't promise
2: it'll ever be shared publicly, but it does exist. Um, yeah, I need to make sure my last doesn't see that video because yeah. it shows how fucking mortal I was. I'm probably gonna
1: <laughs> hold this above your head for a while. Just get just <laughs> get some favors out of you like first. Um, but in terms of like the, you know like the, the the team sheet it was it was quite a surprise to see um, to see a, a midfield pairing of, of
2: Shelvin Diame, which probably, yeah.
1: probably hasn't been seen since. Uh, 2017-18.
2: The real lads, isn't it? The real centre mid-pairing. You forget how good they were when they were, the, when they were the proper pair together. They were fucking class on the shoulder again the the ability that those two have got. I
1: mean, let's look at Shelby. He's, uh, I mean, Hayden was kind of sort of maybe unfairly pushed out uh, to sort of right wing back. It wasn't his natural birth. Uh, I imagine, obviously, Yedlin's gone gone through a bit of surgery. Um, I suspect that was crocked before for personal reasons
2: apparently oh right okay yeah, I had realised
1: that yeah fair play well, well Hayden uh, filled in there so which allowed sort of uh, the, the extra place for for Diarmi and Shelby and it's fair to say Shelby had a a, a wonderful time and I remember in, in fact the pair of them in that Chelsea game 3-0 at the end of last season in the, in the final fixture I remember Shelby was just oh, he owned that game and Diarmi was hunting the ball down when we were out of possession so much that I could kind of it was like a bull. I could sort of like hear him like snorting and just <laughs> chasing down. He was just, he was he was absolutely magnificent. He was he, he, he was he was brilliant. And again, they both thrived yesterday. And, you know, was it, do, do you think it was just that Shelby was, was, was just too good? Did they, do you think that Fulham gave him
2: too much time and space? Or Yeah, he showed his, Shelby showed his class yesterday. And I, I don't think, I've, out of the people on the podcast, I don't think anyone's been more critical than I have this season of John Joe Shelby. And the he just made us look like an absolute mug yesterday. <laughs> he was outstanding, and it wasn't. I don't think it was that Fulham gave him too much time and space. He found the time. And he found the space for himself. They they aren't as bad as we probably have said. You know, they they made made it difficult for him. He had to make his passes quickly. He had to he had to use his head to get the space and dominate the dominate the possession, and he did it so well. Um, it was just an absolute joy to watch, and you could see. I mean, I didn't. Even realize that this had happened at the time because I was going so mental. But you could see if you look at his celebration, running all the way to the away fans, and how buzzing he was. with then Adam's brilliant video that he managed to get of his. Um, <laughs> yeah, it shows you like the passion and the the desire is there in him to perform, and he he, he did it magnificently yesterday.
1: Talk us his goal because like it was, it, I mean it's what it, it's it's definitely in the sort of like. Is it in the top three goals we scored this season, or do you think top from five? Maybe if you
2: discount Shaw, it's goal of the season for me, and it was. I love seeing out like that. I love seeing it when you someone pings a corner at the edge of the box and you you, you volley it straight. And I always remember the one score scored against Aston Villa. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Which was a belter, but this is this is even better than that. So the ball's pinged from Richie to Shelby on the edge of the box, who bizarrely has way too much time. I mean, Fulham should have been out closing them down much quicker than they were, and then he, he takes a touch. You know, he said himself in his interview that he didn't think his touch was that good, and he kind of wrong-footed himself. It was fucking perfect. Was perfect John? <laughs> well, it's one of
1: those where sometimes, you know, if you hit a shot too well, yeah, then it, it won't go in. And sometimes, if you put a bit of slice on, it will. And it was kind of one of those. And he did sort of like cut across it a bit, but the way it just arrowed into that top he's corner. He fucking wrecked it into the top bar. But but, but, but the, as you mentioned, the you know the, the, the passion and that meant so yeah. much to him because and and Rafa's even said it. He's been very candid. Um, it's been a tough year for, for John Joe, um, and you know he's been waiting patiently for his for his opportunity. And I, I, you know, I honestly, I honestly believe he, he did himself an absolute credit yesterday. We got it was like the old it was like Shelby of old, and I think a lot of people and and yet yes, it, it's it's almost difficult to, to to argue with the sort of form of of. Uh, of Hayden, for example, yeah. which is keeping one of those play- people out of, of, of the starting lineup. You look at long staff, sort of six or seven weeks that he had, which was absolutely very unexpected, but magnificent, and you, he was undroppable, yeah. absolutely undroppable. And you you think he'd still be in the side if if he if he hadn't got I was for sure, yeah, he would. Um, but then you look at sort of like Key, who's come in and done like really good work as well, and and Diarmi, was, you know Diarmi hasn't been as impressive this campaign. It probably is fair to say, but it's still. Still really effective when he's in there, um, and again just put himself about yesterday. But it's like he waited for his he waited for, for for his opportunity, and you know the fact that he's raced ninety yards at full pace in after like ten minutes to come and celebrate with the way. And he, he 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 that meant so much to him, and I'm I'm absolutely delighted. I'm absolutely delighted for him. I mean, his 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 future is probably still in the balance at the minute. Um, I personally don't think he'll leave because I, I think there's probably too many other centre yeah. midfielders that are probably
2: going to be out the door for various reasons anyway. But um, depends on it depends on whether there's a big offer comes in from, doesn't it? So I think if and I hope it's not his final game for Newcastle. And I haven't haven't said that previously, and I feel a bit harsh about it. But I hope it wasn't his last game for Newcastle. If it was, what a fucking way to get out with that performance, and it probably adds another couple of million quid onto his price tag as well, which. Which might actually work out quite well for us. Yes, will stay. Absolutely, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, in terms of, in terms of, like, you know, the second goal, nice bit of wing play from some Richie and Atsu, some interplay there, and I mean, I feel like I feel like Sergio Rico was was quite poor with that Atsu shot, yeah, and shouldn't have spilled it, and but you know, full full credit to Josie Perez, who's kind of. In in terms of his anticipation, it's like this is what one of one of Dwight Gale's sort of biggest strengths. I, f- I felt like last year, then yeah. his confidence wasn't necessarily there. Gale and he was very easily pushed off the ball. But one thing that Gale was is and still is very good at is his anticipation and his positioning and just just reading where the ball might drop. And and Perez seems to have almost picked up that mantle. And and the way he was just in like a flash and that was like two goals in, in, in sort of 3 minutes
2: 121 yeah, seconds apparently between the goals absolutely ridiculous so
1: i mean in terms of like our performance i mean do you, do you think that do you think that the do you think that it was how do you think we just played very well or do you think that their game plan was sort of thrown right off because we we sort of scored two very very early goals and they had they, they almost didn't know how to react to that. Do you think? Do you think sort of heads went down, or did you think? Did you not expect them to fight too much anyway, given that it we're already down? How did you? No, I, you I do you don't. That?
2: I don't think that at all. And the, Scott Parker's transformed them really in recent weeks, and he's turned them into a much more solid defensive unit. So I think you're exactly right. I think that's proper throwing them to concede twice in the first ten minutes at home, and they've all, you know, they've attempted to build on a, a solid defensive basis. You concede twice, in ten minutes. You are fucked on you like. You absolutely screwed, and we took advantage of that massively, and then just controlled the game really from there. There was only ever going to be one winner at that point. Obviously, Fulham would never even looked remotely like coming back into it.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think there would. I mean, they certainly weren't scoring three, let no. alone like two. But like, it's very similar to the, it's very similar to Burnley, away, whereby we, we 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 got a two, you know, a two goal lead after about like twenty minutes in 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 that game, but actually Burnley, obviously different time of the season, they've got. They got a, they had a better team, a better manager, um, and they did show fighting in, in that game, and they did sort of come back into it a bit, but I think Fulham are just, I think it's Fulham just ruled over at that
2: point. Yeah, was, their, their uh, heads went down, their heads went down. They weren't they weren't coming back into it. I don't think anyone any of them really looked like they cared that much as well, which was quite. Dis- if you were a Fulham fan, you'd be really fucking disappointed with that. It's a bad way to finish the season. It's bad. It's a bad first game for Scott Parker is like. As a full-time manager, so they'll, they'll be disappointed. But Newcastle deserve all the credit here. We we played really fucking well. It wasn't it wasn't that they laid it down for us. We we controlled that game and intention intentionally ran it like that to to nullify any potential threat. Absolutely, and and you know you look yeah. at the way that we you look you look at the,
1: how clinical we were. and I think that was the difference. It was how clinical we were when we had chances. Because actually, if you look at the stats, I mean Fulham Fulham had more shots than we did, but we had. We had more on target, and we and we and we scored more goals. <laughs> but I mean, it, they, you know they, they expected goals. I think you know they were about one point seven eight. We were like one point seven seven. So actually, we've we far exceeded how many goals you would expect to score in a, in a game like that. Just yeah. because when we had those chances and we shot on target, we had six shots on target. We scored four of them. I mean, in Sergio Rigos, Sergio Rigos only made two two saves, and one of them he spilled for Jose Perez for the second goal. <laughs> so he's only made one. He's only yeah. made one like re- realistic save, you know. So like, um, but it was very obvious from Fulham that they were trying to use um, Christie down the right. Nearly called him Malcolm Christie there, <laughs> old Derby favorite, um, and and Sessegnon to try and get a supply line to to, to Mitrovic. Um, but I I just felt that our as a defence. We, we we read that so well. We we were compact when we needed to be, and as we've shown countless times this season, we're a very very difficult defensive unit to break down. Yeah, and because we've got sort of because you, you've got like Rondón as a, as someone who can gain territory, um, on the break. You've got Perez who's a little bit quicker. Atsu's got some pace as well. Obviously, if Almeron was playing in that game. Could have been ten. <laughs> he would have had a lovely old time, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I, just felt that we, as, as a defensive unit, we, we nullified that supply line coming from, uh, from, from, from Christie and from Cessignon in the centre. Kenny was f- constantly finding sort of dead ends when he was trying to maybe feed, feed Mitrovic through, yeah. and we, it, it, it seemed, it, it seemed. It, Seemed quite easy. I mean, maybe. I mean, Sessignon was somebody I was. I was really. He, he was a player who absolutely tore us up. In him and Kenny in the championship game when they when they beat us at St James's Park, and his, his his crossing seemed very very poor. Sessignon, you know, he's been destined for. He's been tipped for big things. Man United, Tottenham interest, but I mean, he's sort of gone the off the boil a bit. And you know, it's very very easy to forget that he's still a very very young player. Um, but maybe. Maybe he needs another season of the championship to sort of, you know, to, to sort of prove prove his quality again. Kenny as well. But, I mean, I was just very, very impressed with our defensive display. Fabian Share just seemed to be in the way of absolutely everything. The interceptions, he was he was sliding around. I mean, we were throwing bodies in the way. We yeah. were 2-0 up and we're throwing bodies in front of in front of shots and just everyone defended as a team. And, you know, that's... That's not a one foot on the beach performance. That's 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 people snarling and fighting and getting dirty for Rafa Benitez. Like they nobody wanted to let him down.
2: Yeah, it was really apparent. that like you, you're absolutely right with all that. And that's what that's what good football teams do. They make it look easy. We made we made our defensive display yesterday look easy. And that's you know credit to Rafa, credit to Fabian Shaw. who was fucking brilliant again. Wow. He was brilliant. He has to get in the team of the season by the way. He's, he he's, he's, he's absolutely sensational
1: he's he, he's just you know we talk we talk about how much he costs all the time but i mean forget how impressive that it's not just that he's impressive for his for his transfer fee he's just impressive yeah um and you know he, he, he just as i said before he, he he likes to play with this adventure he sort of he really reminds me of a of an albear or Dabby's ass just somebody who, can be effective in the final third as well as like he's just so comfortable he loves receiving the ball he's so comfortable on it you know you, you look at the difference between like a, a LaSalle's on the ball I think LaSalle's in fairness has improved a lot probably because of the people around him such as like Lejeune and, and Cher himself but like when we first had LaSalle's I mean him having the ball was as bad as like when Mike Williamson used to have the ball yeah. and just like rabbit in the headlights panicking gotta get rid of it Cher thrives on having the ball he wants the ball and he it, he will jump around if, if if he knew he could kind of get away with it, not get a not get a rocket off off, off at all the time. But he, you know, he he he's so comfortable, in the fact that he's that he can be a threat when he goes forward,
2: um, you can tell he loves it as well, Connie There was one point in the, towards the end of the second half yesterday that he he picked the ball up in defence and made a pass out wide, and he was just like, right, I'm a fucking having this, and off he went. You could see him just like sprinting straight up the pitch. <laughs> like, the ball ended up going out, and Shaw was like off the pitch, at the, you know, the wrong end of the fucking pitch next to the next to their goal, and I was just like, "What a what a lad!" He he was buzzing as well,
1: and I I just love that he's now got this reputation that every time he passes the halfway mark, everyone shouts shoot. Yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> you wouldn't get you wouldn't bet against him, you wouldn't Fabian, bet against him like hitting the target.
2: We're going to have to have to start calling him Fabian shoot. Yay! Hey nice that'll that'll do that's it (laughs) Um, (laughs) but i just
1: thought i mean he particularly impressed me um but i also just want to talk a bit about matt ritchie if you don't mind i think i I, um, I would love to
2: um how did you see his performance yesterday it was the most (coughs) excuse me the most typical matt ritchie performance we, we could ever see so he was an angry little shite, like kicking people, booting off. Sometimes his own teammates. Yeah, so the, I mean, the, I've watched it like a hundred times today. The footage of him just smacking Cher after of his <laughs> it's it's too much. And I imagine, imagine if you had to go to work with someone like that like in our jobs if someone was just like, get in Mickey, bang, 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 bang in the head.
1: You just imagine this morning, uh, Cher's just like knocking on the door of HR Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. the,
2: the club, just like submitting yeah. an incident report. Um, but I, I mean, that, that kind of sums him up, doesn't it? As ridiculous as that is, the fact that he gets so buzzing about stuff and he just has to get all this, like, aggression. He's so, he's so pent up with aggression that he has to get it out in any way he can. He's just like, fucking get in. He can't stop scoring. Smacking the teammates on the head. He's, if you look closer, his right hand, he's doing the same thing with <laughs> yes. Smacking him on the yes. head. Yes. Bit
1: of uh, bit of misdirection, sleight of hand there. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> think he's safe, thinks he's safe, but no, no, it's coming, smack.
2: I'll and get you. i will get you anyway. You can like. I also
1: got footage of um, after the Rondon goal. So Kennedy's jumped up on a pile. So they're all like hugging. Kennedy's jumped up going, Way! and Richie just comes on the right-hand side, sees Rondon's arse, smack, honestly. And then <laughs> Rondon like turns around and smiles. Like it just, it's so, so he even got one in on, on uh, Rondon as well, which is a
2: uh, little bonus that I found on me, on my photos uh, this <laughs> earlier in the day. That's um, true. To look at his actual performance, so and wise, I thought he was very, very good. So defensively, he was excellent. Now got past him. As he said, the, Boulam tried to target the wings as their way of exploiting us, and they just couldn't do it. And it was the same on the right-hand side, but Richie didn't put a foot wrong defensively. Going forward, I thought he had one of his most effective games for a while, so he he hung on the ball very well. He was constantly offering a threat. He constantly looked dangerous. His deliveries were, were, were excellent. You know, he's picked out Shelby for the, for the first goal, which I, I just can't give him enough credit for, because, I, I mean, that's a 60-yard pass that's gone to his feet. Um, he's, he's found Cher, although Cher was totally unmarked, like, but he's found Cher's head for the third, but just oh, like you, know, you say, that just that quality of delivery. Yeah, it was. I thought he was brilliant yesterday, and I'm buzzing for him because he's. Yeah, he, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, Richie, and people focus too much on the ridiculous stuff as we've just done there, and about <laughs> how, how nuts he is. But actually, in there, he's a really good footballer, and he, people forget as well. He's a fucking right winger. He's a right winger, and he's, play, he's playing left back, like the opposite the opposite position of what he wants to be playing. He wants to be playing against a left back. Absolutely. Um, I mean,
1: I was just going to mention. So we we, we did a, a pod for exclusively for patrons a, a couple of months ago, where there was a few of us got together and it was like name your your if you were the manager, what's your preferred formation in start and starting lineup, and I I refused to put Richie left back because I, put, I mean I ended up putting Dummett as a left wing back um is the best option simply because and, and and I know it's not dumb it's it's not dumb it's natural position but. I was kind of just against the idea of when Newcastle United, like, why are we putting a square peg in a round hole? A right winger at left wing back, yeah. like, we I'm not going to accept that. But actually, I, I, my opinion of him is has, has changed. I was I was more than happy to have seen him if if in the mooted deal of like him going to Stoke or wherever it was going to be, and and maybe Townsend coming in for him, I would have I would have been absolutely for that change simply because. I, I I never felt that Richie was sort of penetrative enough in that final third um, but actually he seems to have found just a, a whole new like a, a new home in that left wing back he's made it his own even you know we we bought we bought a left wing back we've got in, in Bereka on on loan who yeah. hasn't had a look in we've got Kennedy who hasn't had a look in Richie is a right winger and he's and he's absolutely thrived in that left wing back position and yesterday even you know the, there was a couple of crosses that S- session did get into the box but there's there's matt ritchie one of the smallest players on the pitch doing back headers yeah. away and he did that a couple of times like really really important and he the way he marshalled uh christie as well i was just really really impressed with and like you say he, he shows all that fight he doesn't he just embodies the the, the, the team spirit and it's like what I really love about this team, Mickey, is the fact that you know, they just it's just a good, really likable set of people, and there's no like, there's no like dicks, there's no like little shits, and in a way, yes, he is the little shit, but it's 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 the best kind of yeah. in the best possible way. It's a, it's a compliment, Matt, if you listen. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, just 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 fantastic, and he's not, you know he's, he's finished the season with eight assists. Um, which it's has been the most we've tremendous. managed we, we, most any player that has was managed for a good few seasons I believe
2: And like, I really like, that, sorry I really no. hope that this isn't the, the end for Matt Ritchie actually and, you know we've kicked off for years on the podcast about not having a proper left back and not signing a left back and after who had like a plethora of left backs we basically haven't signed anyone since we have now Berke, but you he, he can't get in past Matt Ritchie because Matt Richie now if you're going to say what position Matt Ritchie is now you'd have to say right wing forward slash left wing back you have to Yeah, that's what he is well I, th- I
1: honestly think he's, he's a lot more natural in there because I think he because he's coming from deeper it's almost like he doesn't he doesn't have to beat he yeah. doesn't he doesn't have to get to the byline anymore he's probably discouraged from doing that probably because he's got Al Morano Atsu ahead of him anyway who can take you know take that last leg if you will yeah but you know he's he is getting more he gets more crosses in from deep I mean you. I mean you saw that his, his support play for that for that Perez goal at Leicester. You know how important that was. You know Almiron had a go driving at the defence. It came back to him. He was sitting a little bit deeper, and then he was able to get across him. And it, maybe it, it, it works for him that he has just that bit more time. Yeah. Um, and he has that so. space in, in front of him. But just really really impressed. Um, you talk about Cher before and the way like you know he just sort of like he just loves it. Plays with a smile on his face. But I mean there was there was one man who was. Even though he was frustrated for most of the game, um, that was put right towards the end. Was Salomon Rondon and that just beautiful grin that he's got on yeah. his face and the adulation that he was getting from from the from the away end. Um, and what what really what really struck me, Mickey, was the fact that it looked like the entire team. Was just willing him to score. Yeah. So there was. There, I remember a particular time. You know, he, he had that. There was a pullback, and he had a shot that was blocked really, really well. By the way, um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't think Rico would have. He, he hit it. The contact was so sweet, and it was a really, really good block. Um, and there was a couple of one-on-ones where Callum Chambers covered, and Morrison was around and marshalling him. But you could just tell it was like ah, he was so he was so desperate to score, and his teammates were so desperate. Set. There was a bit in the second half where Shelby was progressing with the ball, and Mudo. Who'd come on as a sub was in acres of space on the right hand side, but instead Shelby went for a keyhole pass through the middle. It found Rondon, tried to take around the keeper, hit the side net. But you just you could just tell how much every. So for me, it was kind of it really epitomised how 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 much he is loved. You know, obviously the fan base loves him. Um, I think that's eleven. 11 goals 7 assists for the season which is just absolutely ridiculous obviously the manager really appreciates what he does but the fact that he's appreciated as
2: much by by his own teammates as well um, he's so important the way we play he's absolutely key to uh, to the style of play that Baffer Benitez has got this team playing now and I think the, the rest of the lads know that they can see it so when you've got someone as a centre forward that's willing to put in the amount of effort that he is defensively it's, it's just fucking brilliant and it starts when you start defending like that from the front it makes everyone's jobs behind much easier and it buys people time to have a rest it buys people time to get back in position and, and get set properly and it's you know it's, you can't put a price on that that's, that's the sign of a very very good footballer that's doing exactly what the manager needs him to do that's why the lads love him because, because he's fucking great at his job I don't think there's anyone else in the Premier League that does that, that could do that role as well as Sandman Rondon. Genuinely, I think he's the perfect striker. for Castle obviously we would like him to score more, but if we're being realistic about our possibilities going forward, Rondon is is the fucking man. He's, he's the absolute man, and I was delighted for him yesterday. Well, I know
1: because he'd had so many sort of bites at the cherry, and even like for the goal. In fact, yeah. that was the that was the other shot on target.
2: Yeah, i was
1: <laughs> I just thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Rico, def, Rico literally did not make a save yesterday that didn't lead to a goal. <laughs> um, so, so so Rondon threw on goal again, he was just like, right, this is it, come on, like it's the like 89th minute, he's had a shot, Rico parries it, but he's he's, he's so eager and determined to put the ball in that neck. And when I just I could I was kind of blocked a bit from from Rondon because the keeper was in the way from where I was sitting. And then I just saw the ball emerge and then just roll across, across the line into the side net. And I'm just like, come on. And it was, I was so, and you could just see the relief on his face as yeah. well. Like he really, really wanted that. But I remember like in the second half, just around some of the corners that we had and we were all singing, Salam and Rondon, we want you to stay. And he, and he you know, he, he turned with a huge grin on his face. You could tell how much, you tell how much that meant to him to be sort of, to be wanted and to feel wanted and particularly for a lone signing can you know can you, can you recall a lone player being more fondly thought of in recent
2: memory than, no, than Simon Rondo definitely not everyone loves him he's such an easy guy to like and for, for all the reasons we said before you know he works hard he's very effective he's, he, he does all the defensive stuff that he needs to do he just looks like such a nice bloke like i'd like to be mates with them <laughs> yeah. I'd, really, I'd really like to be pals with him and see what he's like what his crackers at the weekend i like, can't <laughs> the beach camp for walking stuff i think it would be great uh, so, no I don't, I don't i can't think of anyone that's, that's that's taken to the city and the city's taken to in such a way that's, that's been a loan sign ever
1: because i mean we, we you know we, we were kind of buzzing with kennedy at the back end of last season and like you know i think he's got a couple of goals got a couple of assists I mean that was great that was canny but like we were buzzing over that but then we've, we've suddenly got another loan signing which we almost didn't sign by the way yeah. and you know you, you know, you look at you know you look at as people have done sort of like league tables since sort of Rondon's first start and I think I think if you took if you know if you took the uh, if, if you took the season from he, from the point that he starts um, we, we'd sort of we'd be finishing in like sort of eight that was that's our form since he started his first game has been about eighth in the table, and you just think that that's 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 a true reflection of like what this team is about and what it's capable of. And he's such an important spearhead, but he's so important because we just don't have anybody else who can do what he does. And he, the system falls apart when he's when he's not there.
2: Yeah, it really does. He's he's the most important player in that in that um, in that system. It's critical to have a striker that's big and hold the ball up and bring the other. Other players into play and he does it so perfectly. Um, Rafa must Rafa must love him. He must love him. And I I imagine that the the Rondon deal is one of the probably many sticklers in the contract negotiations at the moment because Rafa will be saying, "Oh wait, man, lads, like look at what he's look at what he's done this season." Look
1: at I mean, sort of annoyed that I haven't worked this out before coming on the pod, but it would be really interesting. I'm sure everyone will tell us anyway. In terms of how many how many points he's gained us with his goals, you know you look at the um, the two he got against Bournemouth, for example. That was I think was was that, that two one in the end. That would that would have been a defeat. Mm-hmm. You look at the Huddersfield um, win. That was a Simon Rondon single effort. Um, there was another one away from home. He got a header in. He got a, a, a point away at Everton. there's so many. Um, I think it was at Watford possibly he got a header in. Mm-hmm. So the, there are so many points that he's amassed by himself, and you almost have to say, well. Without Rondon, we're, we're down here in the league, we're further down in how much, you know, if we, forget the football, let's, you've got to speak to Ashley in, in terms of like business, money. like how much money would has he actually gained us by just from just from how important those goals have been. It's, you know, it's absolutely pricey. We're probably, we are probably be close to relegation. We would,
2: uh, make no mistake, we would have been relegated without Salman Rondon this year. With with Hossley up front, as much as I like Hossley, again, I shite. If, if we hadn't had Rondon this season, we would be getting relegated and it would be costing Ashley £100 million. That's what, that's what Salmon Rondon's worth to Mike Ashley, but he still won't fucking sanction the transfer, will he? It's, it's almost like self-harm. Like it's it's, like it's lunacy, mate. It's, it's absolutely lunacy. Here. It's illogical. And,
1: and you know, you, even when Rondon was starting his first few games in Newcastle, he wasn't much fit. Yeah. And no. he wasn't much fit because he hadn't had a proper pre-season because of this tra- transfer saga dragging on. This is why Rafa Benitez once played, wanted players in before the World Cup, so you could work with them and have them fit ready for the season. You know, classic conditioning. And instead, Rondon had his pre-season after the season had started, which meant that we were, we, were, we were ten games behind everybody else in terms of like that fitness and the impact that he's had. I mean, you know, remember those first few games that he started? He couldn't make it past an hour, and you're thinking, "Christ, there's no way he's going to last the whole season." But he has. And he's flourished. And, 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 and fair play to the fitness coaches and, 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 and Rafa Benitez and, and Rondon himself, uh, because, because of how crucial his, his, uh, his contribution is and his role is to the team. You say, you remove that. We, 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 we can't play like we play. We can't play in the way that wins us games. Absolutely crucial. So if, you, if you're not going to buy Rondon, and, and we've said this before, if you're not going to buy Rondon. You need to buy somebody as good as him. Which you will not get for the price that we're being touted for. Not
2: even even double that amount of money wouldn't get with someone as good. And
1: you need somebody else as well. You need a you need a younger backup who's going to be able to relieve the pressure just in case Rondon gets injured, so that Rondon can have a rest and so we can you know use and utilize squad rotation. But the reason we don't really do that is because we don't really have the players to fit into that system. Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, um, I love him. I I I would be very surprised if he ever was to listen to anything that we do. But if you do, Salah I fucking love you, mate.
1: Your classmate, um, the Venezuelan warrior <laughs> as I've called you all season, and he just, he's just class. He's the smiling assassin. Yeah.
2: Love him. I just I just want a big hug of him. He's, he's mean. You know, his celebration yesterday after he scored reminded me of Shearer, because like everyone celebrated together, everyone's going mental. And then everyone kind of walks away. And starts to walk away. And he's like, nah, I'm going back. And he turns back around. And there's in, a last... Uh, yeah, the crowd was, yeah, absolutely. I was Great so call. buzzing with that. And Great call. I'm sure the, the one I'm thinking of was Shearer was against Sutherland. Um I can't remember the game. But that that really reminded me of Shearer there from Ronald. And I was just so like I was so pleased. You could see just how buzzing he was. Shearer did it, I think,
1: um, also at the, the game at Highbury where we won 3-1 and went top of the league. Um, under Bobby Robson. It was where like yes. um Robert scored So he just netted a penalty. I don't think he'd uh, I don't think he'd ever scored at Highbury at the time. He netted a penalty to make it 2-1. Um after Saul Campbell had sort of like taken down Robert. And that was one where everyone piled on and stuff like that, and then he sort of just he just lingered, didn't he, in front of the stand and just did another like on his own. And yeah, really good shout that. I'm pleased, I'm pleased everyone that. <laughs> um, just a quick word on Fulham. You know, who, if anyone, um, impressed you yesterday from Fulham? Nobody? Nope,
2: nobody, really. They have got some good players in there. So I think Kenny's a, a a decent footballer, but he, he couldn't get near it yesterday. The Our centre midfield was so dominant and defensive defensively was so sound that he just couldn't get a sniff. Now, I think in a better footballing team, he will be a good player and he'll probably move on. You would think move on this summer, although he has just signed a new four year contract. Um, I mean, I mean,
1: it wasn't so long ago. He's been touted twenty-five million pounds to last season to sort of join us potentially.
2: Um, I mean, that seems seems pretty ludicrous now, even in today's sort of market. I'd be very surprised if they got that much, but I do think he's a good player, and I think I think we'll see him sign for a bottom half Premier League club next year, Uh, potentially us. You never know. Um, but other than him, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely potential in down as well. But he, he was quiet yesterday. He's only 17, though. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he's, he's just, I mean, he's, he's got a sats later on, he? so it's like <laughs> he's, he's, his mind's been
1: in other places. Um, word on uh, Harvey Elliott, the, the young 16 year old, who I believe is the the Premier League's officially youngest player ever. I think he came on in a game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, he is Premier League's youngest player, but he also has the Premier League's daftest haircut. He does have um, a stinking haircut, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a top <laughs> knot of just like rank proportions, isn't yeah. it really? But I mean, he showed some some, some real maturity and composure. I mean, I, I remember I remember he sort of like, um, we, we were defending a corner and it's sort of like, he was sort of on the halfway, around the halfway line and Rondon was kind of chasing after him and he just, Elliot sort of did like a drop of the shoulder and just and just moved his body and just found the space and then got away from Rondon quite, you know, quite yeah. easy. I mean Rondon's not a defender but it was just you know a 16 year old lad getting chased by Salomon Rondon you yeah. know one of the, by one of the nine, most,
2: nine foot tall Rondon
1: nine foot tall Rondon one of the most famous um, people in, in his in his country <laughs> you know um, and just sort of just shrugging him off and he had a very good opportunity to score as well which uh, Debravka was equal to Um he sort of did everything right he jinked in jinked in and you can see the whole the whole crowd behind that goal just like stood up and, and took an inhale and breath and um, he sort of did the right thing, Harvey Elliott. Instead of like he sort of like tried to catch Debravka off, and it was near post, but Debravka was equal to it. The shot wasn't quite in the corner, um, but he seems to be quite a young talent. And I was, you know, in the short burst that we saw, I was relatively impressed with him. And I think if, you know, if he gets, a, I would like to think you would sort of start games in the championship because I think they'll, I think they'll hemorrhage some players, um, and if you know there's, there could be a real talent there. He's, you know, he could be. Could be better than Sessignon in in terms of like his potential or whatever, but I I was just particularly impressed by by him.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you, how do you think they'll fare next year with under Scott Parker? Do you think they'll do all right? I think Fulham will have a good chance of being one of the better sides in the league, but you never you can never tell, can you? It depends who stays. It depends on how much money they've got available for transfers. So, I, I don't I don't know. You would think that they'll be playoff so better, um. Because Parker's turned them around. He's got them playing decent decent football and defensively sound. So. I think they'll have a good chance to come back up. you be right to bring up that young lad, by the way. And it's it's credit to Fulham because this isn't the first time that they've they've been not afraid to start someone that's you know ridiculously young. But Mike actually would be would love stuff like that to happen in Newcastle. Um, so it was it was nice seeing. It's it's always good to see a young player getting the getting the breakthrough. But I hope he I hope that treat his development properly and he doesn't just fucking sign for Chelsea or something and then end up sitting in the, in the reserves. Just go
1: the, the way of the Rodwell. I mean, uh, the thing is, Scott Parker was always kind of a model professional throughout his playing career and he, he seems to be someone who you would respect in a dressing room but he, yeah. he seems just quite a reasonable character. Um, I don't really know what I'm basing that on uh, <laughs> but, he, but he just, you know, he, he just seems to be quite a you know reasonable player and the fact that he got back-to-back clean sheets out of them says that he's got you know he's got a he maybe has, has some talent as a as a young English manager, which is which is quite exciting as well for the game. Definitely <laughs> it's good to
2: see. Um I wish him I wish him all the best. He was, he was a likable guy. I, I didn't think he was particularly um the centre midfielder we needed when when he played for Newcastle, but no. I, he was a good footballer and he seems like a nice bloke. So oh. I hope I hope he does that right next year. I want, go, I want to be able to go back to Craven Cottage as well because it's a great place to watch football.
1: It's it certainly is when you are it four 0 I'm just really glad Lewis Baumorty wasn't playing yesterday because we <laughs> definitely definitely would have conceded. Um, so I mean there was as a sort of final note. There was possible, I mean possible goodbyes for uh, for for sort of a few people in Newcastle. I'm just going to sort of re- reel off a list, Mickey, and I want you to say if it is goodbye, yes or no, okay? Oh, just,
2: well, I'm going to be dead positive here because. Okay. Is it gonna be? Is it goodbye for Raf, from Rafa? Yes. Oh. This isn't gonna be
1: positive. Sorry. Is it goodbye from Diami? Yes. Is it goodbye from Shelby? No. Goodbye from Rondon. Yes. Goodbye from Perez. Yes. Really. mm mm-hmm. You think he'll go? Yeah. That's massive. That goodbye from Kennedy. Oh yeah, good fucking <laughs> <minutes. laughs> riddance. I thought so. And just a word on. Uh, just a word on Isaac Hayden actually, which was a you know he you know he was playing out of position yesterday. He's not really his, his most memorable game of the season, um, but he, he was asked to do a job and he did it. Um, but Isaac Hayden got taken off, and you know it almost certainly seems to be like a, a genuine goodbye from from Isaac Hayden. Obviously, we were very very aware of of those reasons, and uh, he got a really nice send off. I thought, and um, something that he'll hopefully sort of. Take on and remember, and you know what? What are your sort of like final thoughts on, on on Isaac Hayden? Who got a nice little chant at the end when he went off?
2: He did. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame what's happening. Uh, you know, I feel for him. It's a shame that it's not going to work out playing for Newcastle because he's become such a he's such an important player for us, and he's 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 good. Um, now, if if Newcastle were a properly run real football club. <laughs> we'll looking, looking replace, good one, Mickey. Good one. We'll be looking to replace Isaac Hayden with someone better. Now that, we don't we don't operate like that. And we probably should have done that anyway, regardless of whether he was leaving or not. But it, it's just a shame that he's he's come into such good form right at the end. So it, it is, but ultimately Rafa Benitez
1: has turned a two and a half million pound player into a twenty million pound player. He he is a competent, very, very good, high energy, tactically disciplined Premier League midfielder. And you couldn't have you probably couldn't have said that, and, and Isaac Hayden is probably probably the first to admit this. You probably couldn't have said that at the start of the season.
2: No, definitely not. Um, and it's, and you know we, we all
1: know his kind of where, where his mentality was, and he's you know he, it shows the character of the guy that you know he came out and he, he he was he did that interview, and he was he was so candid and just honest and sort of bare in his his life and his soul and. He, he could tell how much he cares. Yeah. He could tell. He said it was almost like the most gutting thing that he he thought that people didn't think that he that he gave a shit when he absolutely did. He just gave a shit about his family more and fucking rightly so. That comes first. And good luck to him. And you know wherever he goes, he's gonna get. And you know he was linked to Brighton, wasn't he? He's better than Brighton.
2: Yeah, he's better than Brighton now. Yeah. He's better than Brighton. He should have. but He'll have far more options now than he would have if he'd left. At this point last year, or even in January, so it's I, a kind I, of it's a it's
1: a, a kind of player that like if you know if if West Ham didn't have Declan Rice, he would do a job there, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, but I think you know credit to credit to Rafa and, and and credit for the application that, that, that Isaac Hayden's shown um, in the face of adversity to to turn it around and become one of the most important players of of, of our squad this season, which most you would never have called. Yeah. Have well,
2: if you if you said that to me at the start of the season, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. You often do
1: laugh laugh at me, maybe but it's often justified. <laughs> anyway, I think I'll I think we'll round it up unless you've got anything else to say, maybe
2: Um, just a, just a final reminder that Newcastle United scored four goals away from home yesterday and, and what a, <laughs> a, a pleasure and a privilege it is to follow this this football club and everyone just keep your foot and fingers crossed that the right thing happens this summer. So like, you know your list of people that were the good bye ba- is a goodbye or is yeah. it goodbye? They're all linked to Rafa. So if Rafa stays, you would like to think that Rondon would probably stay because he'll be pushing pretty hard to keep Rondon. You'd think Perez will probably stay. Shelby would want to stay and work under Rafa, you know, possibly. So they're all linked to Rafa. We just need that one thing to happen right. And it will. It's almost like a domino effect, but in a very good way. In a, yeah. in a good way, yeah. like like if you filmed dominoes getting knocked out and then played it in reverse. Oh, I like it.
1: Yeah, that's that's a quite good. That's quite a good visual analogy there. Yeah. Be proud of it,
2: maybe. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you very much everyone thanks again as, as ever to our patrons who 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 allow us to do this allow us to go to every single cover every single premier league game in the in person um which you know no other independent fan group is able to do um in terms of sort of podcast output and, and, and please check out our youtube videos we've got the match day video as well um we've got loads and loads planned for the summer we've got game shows we've got some uh Sort of specialist uh, pods as well. Um, we're going to be having a look at you know doing some stuff with the foundation. Um, we've got some we've got some really really exciting plans as well from some from pre season as well, and we're we'll be we'll, be we'll be jet setting around the world as well. So so listen out for watch out for news about that. Um, again, um, if you're interested in betting, if you if you already do have a little bit of a flutter, check out at Fans Bet and see what they can. See what we can do for you, and um, but please don't uh, start gambling on our behalf if you don't already do so.
2: That's should quickly mention as well. We um we hosted a a, a show in London at the weekend, the night before the film game, which was a I would say a roaring success. I really enjoyed myself, and I, everyone seemed to have a good night. So thanks if, to anyone that came down. Thanks for coming. It was it was it was fucking great of yeah. you to uh, come and support what we're doing. And it was it's really good to
1: actually you know meet you listeners face to face and just sort of you know. It, it's it's really nice to hear feedback and because we put out all, all this content and you know we sort of put it out there and yeah we get the odd you know we get some comments on social media but you know to actually sort of meet the people who we kind of do this for it's like the, you're the reason that we do this and yeah. you're the reason that we're even able to do this and and obviously a big big thank you to george colton of the times and, and luke edwards of the telegraph who who gave up their time uh, to be at the event who uh they, they were a, a, a hilarious double act of Bert and Ernie proportion. So, so okay. thanks, gents, if you're listening. Cheers. Um, so this is Adam Widgerton signing off as host. Uh, last home game of the season, 4 nil belter.
2: Miggy. 4 nil mags, 4 nil mags. What a belter. What a belter. Take it easy. Cheers.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.